Hey listeners, it's Ivan here. Uh, Just wanted to let you know that in this week's episode, there's references to suicide and self-harm between the 36th and 44th minute of this episode. Um, If you feel that you may be affected by this, then please just skip this part of the episode. Or if you feel uncomfortable, just skip the entire episode altogether. We don't mind. I'd also like to welcome back into the fold our our little shrimpy friend, George Costanza. Although he really didn't have a very good year. How you blew that McConnell deal, I'll never know. But hey, what the hell, huh? We've always enjoyed his antics around the office. Anything you want to add to this? Drink up? Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. My name is Stephen. My name is Ivan. My name is Stacey. And you're back with us for a second week in a row. I know, look, we've come all the way back. And once again, I'm holding my cylindrical shaft from last week, holding this microphone. So uh, if you do hear some... uh, some noises satis- like this, noises of satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Bit of any groans or moans, then uh, that's me. So you know it's Ivan. That's right. Anyway, this week, what are we doing? We're doing the revenge. That's right. Our uh, season two episode, or season two episode seven of Seinfeld, and uh, it's our last season two episode that we're doing. We've and done then all season, season two. All done. That's and right. Season one as well. Oh yeah, we did that ages ago. Yeah. Yes. So that's two seasons knocked off for Wrapped Good Will Pass. Crazy, hey? Uh, you can find us anywhere on social media. You can email what are you us. And... Do? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, what that's are you going to okay. do when you run out? episodes. I was thinking about that the other day. Um, like, how many have you got oh, left? we got plenty left. We've I think about, this is like number 97, I think. Yeah, so, so we've got about 80-odd episodes left. Yeah. I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. We'll Fair just, enough. Yeah, in a couple of years. We'll yeah. start again. We'll do a curb cast. <laughs> we'll do Cooper oh, Enthusiasm. <laughs> nah. Yeah. There's a, um, I was watching Comedians in Cars. And we'll I do Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Oh, yeah. By podcast. Okay. Podcasters in boats getting chai. I don't know. <laughs> we'll come up with a random name. What were you saying, Stacey? <laughs> 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 I didn't want to borrow it. There's something. That's your revenge. You just ignored me. It's like you got your little revenge right there. What were you, you saying, Stacey? Never <laughs> <laughs> As you were putting concrete in the uh, washing machine. What, were you, what were you saying, Stacey? <laughs> it's an episode with, I think it's, is it with Jim Carrey? It's with someone and he's talking about enthusiasm. No, someone's talking to Jerry. And then Jerry says, I think when... Like Larry made the thing curb your enthusiasm. I think he was referring to me. Yeah, oh. you got to curb it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stop being like, so says, upbeat. Yeah, it's like something about being enthusiastic. Yeah, and then cool. he's like, "Oh yeah, I think he was referring to me." Okay. Nice. Well, as I mentioned uh, before, <laughs> you can find us on social media. What were you saying, Ivan? Yeah, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> after finally, you, know, you, you may know, continue. Yeah, if after finally I'm paying attention. Be the moderator of this episode. Yeah, at least someone has to be. Um, find us on socials. Send us an email. Yada yada yada. Uh, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Rate and review us on any podcast service and uh yeah if you want to give us monies patreon and paypal are our destination so find us in the show notes and uh, donate if you will all right so as i did mention we are doing the revenge and uh, seinfeld isms for this week i once again have nothing stace i as far as my seinfeld isms go i watched comedians in cars (laughs) getting coffee when i was on holidays cool that has seinfeld in it good enough good enough close as i'm gonna get 
Excellent. Better and than nothing. Stephen? Big fat zero for big me. Big fat zero once again. All good. Anyway, Seinfeld News. Do you have anything? Yeah. Um, you're really mowing through this. All right, Seinfeld News <laughs> next. All right, let's do the plot. Secondary characters. Oh, yeah, some you shit said you were moderating it, but I thought, no, I better come in and do it as well. So you should have two moderators. <laughs> uh, I do have one bit of Seinfeld News this week. So on Instagram, mm. uh, Jerry posted a photo of the inside labels of the blue and orange Nikes that he wore when he actually threw out the first pitch at the Mets-Phillies game oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. on July 5 when uh, they celebrated the 30th anniversary of Seinfeld. Um, as you'll notice in Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, and even in the show, he does wear a lot of Nikes. And uh, apparently Nike sent him a lot of shoes because he's you know, a walking Jerry billboard Seinfeld. for them. Yeah, bless his Jerry Seinfeld. Um, these shoes were special, however, because on the label, it was really it's like a cool like little detail that, you know, they didn't even need to do, but yeah, I, you know, I I, uh, I really enjoy it. They revealed that the uh, the shoes were actually made of recycled Mets jerseys, and that's what? why they're blue and orange. Yeah, that's sick. Wow. Yeah, really cool. So if you just go to Seinfeld's Instagram, you can see like the little label that you find on like the the inside of the tongue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Inside of the shoe, you know, normally it's got like made from polyester, made yeah. in China. You know, like all the details that no one cares about. But these say like made of reused or recycled jerseys from former Mets players or something like that. Really cool. Wow. Um, yeah, That's a really... nice little detail. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Nice little touch. That's he right. wears those in the Matthew Broderick episode. They go to the Mets. Is it an arena? Park? Uh, probably you got a park, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And they get yeah, to yeah, like yeah. they get special access. They're like walking around in the locker rooms and then they go out onto the pitch and they're like pitching balls to one another. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah. And I'm pretty sure he's wearing the shoes in that episode the blue and orange nikes i think so okay yeah. really cool there you go yeah. excellent so check it out that's all the seinfeld news for the week very good what do you reckon we'll just get straight into the episode and some of the secondary characters sounds good yeah. best revenge is living well that's, well that's there's not no happen. chance of that <laughs> that's not gonna happen i have notes today on rick leverton uh, who is George's boss. I've got notes on the laundromat owner, Vic, and a bit of info about the unseen version of Newman. So we yeah. can talk a bit about him, I guess. Cause yeah, he is, I've got notes Yeah, that. so It's he a little is, bit different. Yeah, a bit different. And uh, there might be, I guess we could probably do a trigger warning at the start, but there might be references to suicide and stuff. So oh, uh, yeah. I guess, yep. uh, yeah. Probably a lot of them. Yeah, I'll probably do like a, a trigger warning at the start, yep. saying where to skip if that... Uh, yeah, you know, upsets you or, you know, oh. gives you these um, give you bad gives feelings. Gives you the bad feels. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, anyway. I also have notes. notes for Glenda. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> With the wig. Yeah. The wig comes I don't up. wear a wig. One. And then she just runs off. <laughs> yeah. What are you still doing here? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, anyway, season two, episode seven was The Revenge. First aid in the United States. On April 18, 1991, directed by Tom Sharones, written by Larry David. And a bit of trivia, uh, this is the first episode that Larry wrote himself. Wow. Yes. Is it also the first time, spoiler alert, that Mm -hmm. his voice is featured as an unseen character? Uh, Probably, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. No, I'd probably say, yeah. Yep. Um, also, uh, what was I going to say? Ge- George, I should say, furiously quits his job after being disallowed use of the executive toilet. <laughs> it's him in his toilets. He loves him. You are a laughing stock. You are a laughing stock. You have no brains, no ability. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Uh, he regrets the decision when he realizes he has no good job prospects. <laughs> I like. I like when the scene. Scenes yeah, I know. I love so when the, they're so good, aren't they? I love when the scene cuts and it's like. I like sports. Yeah. <laughs> I like sports. And be I like, like sports. yeah, they usually give those jobs to you know people in broadcasting or, or former ball players. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't that's that. not fair. <laughs> that's what George, but that's not fair. <laughs> I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I could uh, be on a game show. Somebody told me I'd be gone. Yeah, a few people have said that. 
<laughs> yeah, I like how he says one person says it, then it's suddenly and then it's, it's two. Yeah, yeah. No, it's yeah. so good. I feel like it's kind of that sort of thing where like he quits his job and then he goes it immediately cuts to them sort of brainstorming in Jerry's apartment. You start to see the real George. The yeah. George that comes into the show as the character's kind of brand <laughs> develops. I think mm. that's kind of the first sort mm. of sign because he has you know, a proper sort of semi-corporate job. Yeah, yeah, that's right. In the yeah, beginning, he, and then that, he starts. He starts off the show with the job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 so yeah, this is like yeah. the first kind of what do we say? Like the origin story of yeah. George Costanza as we know him for the rest of the show. Yeah, and so. even Kramer as well, um, because this is the first time that Kramer shows some physical comedy. In the series, is it? Yeah, with the concrete in the, uh, in the oh, washing yeah. machine. Yeah, it's the oh, first okay. time. Yeah, so yeah. so we see what Kramer will become as well. Yeah. It's like the <laughs> nice. genesis of both George and Kramer. I yeah. 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 If if this storyline, if Kramer's storyline was in a later episode, he would have been mates with Vic, the laundromat. Oh, you, know how, you know how he's mates with all the, like the local business Joe. owners, and he's got yeah, Joe, the fruit shop owner, yeah, yeah, yeah that's and right, Mango, and other sort of business owners, and yeah. the, in the mom and pop store, like he, he yeah. knows all the local and uh, he business also, owners. But so this is a bit of a jump back now, but he also seems to have a personal relationship with Leap and Larry. Yeah, oh you know yeah, from last come, week's episode, yeah, from yeah, last yeah. week's episode, yep. because he yep. comes to Jerry's apartment and says, I was just down at Leaping Larry's. Yeah. So he seems to, yeah, have these weird, weird yeah. friendships. Weird friendships, and the yeah. Soup Nazi, yeah, he befriends business owners. It's, it's very weird. Really maybe odd just, business owners. Maybe because he's got no, Nothing not much money. To do. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a lot of time. He just befriends them, you know, just a bit of a, a false uh, friendship just for free stuff or something. Well, we have mentioned that uh, it's been hypothesized that Kramer has old money or inheritance, mm. and that's how he gets by living in Manhattan yeah. in a one-bedroom apartment without a job. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, maybe he just has all this free time. He's got money stashed away and, you yeah. know, yeah, and tides him over. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. Anyway, anyway, finish your synopsis. Yes, indeed. Uh, Jerry suggests- I am moderating. Finish. You, you are now. Jerry Get on suggests- with it. Yes, ma'am. As uh, you were saying, Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry suggests- Go that- on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, God damn it! I'm trying. Sorry, you were saying something? <laughs> oh, and am I interrupting? Continue. <laughs> Jerry suggests that George go back to work and pretend he never quit. He takes the advice, uh, but his boss, Rick Leverton, played by Fred Applegate, refuses to let him stay and insults him. As revenge, uh, George decides to slip a Mickey into his drink at an office party. I can't believe I'm even saying Mickey. You have a Mickey sauce. (laughs) Yeah, Mickey sauce. (laughs) Line of the episode. Yes. He uh, enlists Elaine to help him. Uh, She flirts with Leverton while George puts the Mickey in his drink. He's enthralled by Elaine, and his good mood prompts him to let George have his job back. George attempts to intercept the drink, but after Rick welcomes him back with a toast sprinkled with insults at George's expense, he says, any other words? Drink up. After being refired, George again regrets losing his temper with Rick and uh, brainstorms job opportunity ideas once again. Uh, Jerry goes to the laundromat. Kramer persuades him to take his laundry with him. I'm not mixing it with my guys. If I put the guys all in one thing, they'll start a riot. After retrieving the laundry the following day and returning Kramer's portion, Jerry remembers he's hidden a large sum of money in his laundry bag, but he can't find it. Uh, the owner of the laundromat, he's Vic, played by John Capodici. I had to rehearse that one a couple of times. Capodici. Capodici. Uh, says he's not responsible for valuables as per the sign. This is my country, and that is my constitution. I'm the president, and that's my constitution. And that's my constitution, that sign. <laughs> so, and then Jerry's like, so you've got a license to steal. You're Take the James you, Bond. You're the James Bond of laundromats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. They both assume Vic stole the money, Kramer and Jerry. Uh, Jerry distracts Vic with laundering questions. Kramer puts cement mix in one of the washing machines. Uh, once they have acted out the plan, Kramer discovers he had the money all along. 
It turns out to be just enough to cover the damage of the washing machine. Uh, Kramer tells Jerry about Newman, who repeatedly threatens to take his own life by jumping off the apartment building. When he does jump, he jumps from the second floor and survives to Kramer's amusement. Uh, When Newman threatens to jump again, Kramer asks him if he wants to shoot some pool with him. Newman declines, stating that he has plans to go to the movies. And uh, a couple other secondary characters include George's work colleagues, Bill, played by Dick McKenzie, uh, Glenda, who's a very colourful character, uh, played by Patrick Darbo, and uh, Ava, it's played by Terry Austin. Who got tied up. Who got tied up. And uh, that really plays into uh, Rick's misogynist tendencies. Yeah. There's Bill line. and Dan. Rick the Brick. Oh, uh, yeah. There's uh, Dan as well. I didn't yeah. get his acting credit. Uh, anyway, let's have a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about some trivia for the episode. Yep. And some secondary characters. All righty. Let's do it. <laughs> Hello, listening people. Hello. I'm Ryan. I'm Bartek. And we are from the Spit and Polish Presents podcast. Bartek, what kind of podcast is that? We talk about film. Films? Films. Films, Ryan? Films, Ryan. Films by me, Ryan (laughs) Slowinski. One film per episode in three different formats. Exactly right, Bartek. And we're the only podcast that happens to be spitting and being Polish while we do it. We discuss the movies that few dare to discuss. You can find us on all... All of these social medias. Except for Instagram and MySpace. Except for Instagram and the unused MindSpace. MindSpace. MySpace. We are on Minecraft though. (laughs) We're not, but I think my brother is. (laughs) Basically any platform in which you can find a podcast, Spit and Polish Presents, you'll find us. And we are back with some Seinfeld trivia, Steve. Yeah, so quite a bit in this episode. Uh, it is a episode largely based on an experience that Larry David had, like many, many episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said as well, that it was the first episode written without Jerry's collaboration. That's solely right, yeah. written by, uh, by David. Larry went solo for this one. I couldn't yeah. find uh, the particular experience about... Uh, what happened in David's life to inspire the episode, but I'm going to guess it's George's storyline. You know, maybe just, <laughs> maybe maybe a boss, you know, yeah. let him uh, didn't let him do something simple like use a mm. toilet or whatever, and he just flew into a rage and quit, and then regretted it afterwards. I'm guessing that yeah. seems like a very Larry David thing. Yeah, to very do. Larry David thing, mm. and it's a yeah. good a good premise for the episode too. Yeah, for sure. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it's the first mention of Newman. Yep. So uh, yeah, he's um voiced by Larry David in this episode in the original version, uh, but Wayne Knight voices him in the syndicated version. Oh, really? Yeah, we're back and revoiced. Yeah, that's right. Just to make it consistent. Which one did you watch? Did you two watch the um, Larry David 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 version? Yeah, Yeah, me too. That's what's on on the the streaming service that I watch it through. I've never heard the Wayne Knight one. I've li- I watched that episode several times, but maybe never it was got just the way in syndication in the US or something. Oh, Perhaps. maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure you could find it on YouTube as well. I'm sure it's on YouTube or maybe a deleted scene I on liked the DVDs. That it was or Larry. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yep. Kramer, I'm <laughs> on the roof, and uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to see a movie. <laughs> One thing I respect a lot is when yeah. actors, uh, you know, try and do things that aren't required, but uh, sort of contribute to the to the realness of something. And uh, with that in mind. Michael Richards actually used real cement when he was uh, emptying the cement in the concrete. Like, you know, yeah. that's that's a pretty heavy bag, but mm. he, he thought that, that it would actually make the physicality of the scene real rather yeah. than acted. So and, I, I really respect it. Like, he didn't have to. Also, that had come to a bit of a, like, health risk for himself because yeah. he ends up with it, like, all over his clothes. So and they probably would have face. had to, like, after the take, would have, like, wiped him down. Yeah. You know, hosing him down wouldn't have worked. But, like, <laughs> inhale, you know, he didn't have any, you know, breathing protection or anything. So, like, it's yeah. not... Yeah. yeah, it probably wouldn't it, happen it shows these a days. Credit. No, probably not. <laughs> but it shows a it. credit to his 
like his commitment to the comedy. to the role. Yeah, yeah definitely. That he was like, no, I'm going to do it with the real thing. Yeah, no, I really mind. admire that sort of stuff. Yeah, me too. Um, what I was going to say was Kramer says that Mr. Papa Nicholas saw the whole thing from across the street when mm-hmm. Newman jumps from the second story. Yeah, uh, he's named after Pete Papa Nicholas. He was the key grip on the show. Oh. I think he's the guy that does the isn't the grip the thing where it's like action. No, yeah, the grip one. is the guy. The isn't that the grip is the microphone? Oh, okay. The boom mic holder. Oh, boom yeah. mic holder. Okay, yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, he was. I'm not sure. that was I've heard grip. of the grip. I don't know what they did. Yeah, though. he was named after a uh, Pete Papa Nicholas. He go. was a uh, part of the crew on the show. Uh, you might, you'll love this one, Steve. You notice the jacket that Kramer wore in the first scene in the laundry? Yeah, that's Jerry's tattered one from uh, the jacket. Oh, yeah. Wow, it is too. There you go. Because remember how uh, in that episode Kramer he takes it at the he end? He gives it to Kramer. Yeah, at that's the right. End he's it's ruined. He's wearing it in the first scene ah, of the laundry. Yeah. There you go. There that you go. consistency. I knew you'd like that one. Love it. Um, Patrick Adabo, she plays Glenda, uh, who's George's colleague, the loudmouth one. Do you mean Patricia? No, no. It, it's spelled P A T R I K A. Patricia. 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 Oh, we'll say Patricia. 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 Oh, we'll say. We'll say Pat. Patty. Pat. Patty. P Dog. Patty Darby. Pa- Patty D. <laughs> Patty D. Patty D. Um, no, Patrick Adabo, um, she's in another episode. She's in the uh, Sniffing Accountant, but not as this character. Uh, she reappears in an uncredited role as a woman at the mailbox. Oh, okay. Yes. So there you go. Hmm. There you go. Any um, other trivia? Nah, that's all I have. How about you? No, that's it. Let's talk about some secondaries. Love it. We may as well start with Rick Levitan, who Ooh. I originally thought uh, until I read the script was Rick Barr. Yeah, because the name Rick of the properties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, um, that's true. We figured that Real maybe estate. Barr is a uh, partner. Maybe. Oh, possibly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, who knows. Anyway, um, played by Fred Applegate, known for the producers, Stargate SG-1 and Spaced Invaders from the 90s, some show. Uh, yeah, I really liked Rick's character. I think it was really well done. Um, yeah, really well acted by, uh, by Fred. And, uh, yeah, definitely really misogynist guy. Even you can see his tendencies in the first scene where he's talking to the guy about what he did with that woman at Lake George in or whatever Lake it's called. George. In Lake George. Yeah, yeah it's all on like, video. Oh, what does he say? You know, she's like, she was amazing or like yeah. she was great and blah, blah, blah. And then it sort of cuts and then he's like, oh, but you, you don't want to know what we did in Lake George. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then he also alludes to the fact that he's got footage of all of it, which is really disturbing that very it, it, disturbing, it makes yeah. it sound as though he's he's very secretly perverted. oh yeah he's a piece of shit he definitely yeah. is yeah i think he he's just the embodiment of everything stereotypical with like fat greedy sexist businessmen yeah yeah, yeah he's, he's like i thought his character was really good and there was a lot oh, of yeah, nuance yeah, in yeah. there he was really well played but he was definitely yeah. like an archetype well acted but yeah. very well acted shit yeah bag of a character yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely yeah definitely um he, even the mm. even the details in his office like everything in his office is like leather and mahogany and again, I think that just adds to the stereotype of like a, you know, Does he also have wealthy... like a set of horns? Yeah, he's got some tusks, yeah. elephant tusks mounted. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes big game hunting or yeah. something like that. He's a very just... horny guy. He also yeah. looks like a pig. Yeah, he, he does. does. Yeah. He's kind of got a little fat well, As George says, face. he looks like a blowfish. A blowfish, yeah. And I love when he, he says that and he's pig. actually got his cheeks yeah. puffed out. He's going, yeah. yeah, he's kind of like just, you know, when you do weird things in like moments of yeah. silence between conversation, he's just like... <laughs> and doesn't George call him a walrus? Something when like he's that, doing yeah. the... Maybe? I can't. I, f- no, I don't know. I can't yeah. But yeah, definitely a misogynist guy. Even when he he picks on the attractive lady, Ava. Yeah. And Ava said, oh, sorry, I couldn't make it. I was, I was tied, tied up. up and, and he's like, I bet you were. I bet you were. So clearly misogynist. Yeah. I think he just sees yeah. women as secretaries to employ and holes to fuck. Yeah, pretty I, much. I don't yeah. think he respects yeah. women as people who 
have and something we also, valuable contribute. We also know from the discussion in the show that he's married. Yeah, that's and right. And all of these relationships are like On the affairs. Yeah. 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 So he just has no respect for Not women. No, no respect for women. It does no. kind of make me wonder how Glenda is like how she fits into that because like obviously Ava mm. she's attractive you know he makes the joke about her being tied up and she kind of she has that sort of uh, smile but nobody calls it out well i i, I look i don't want to rat on ahead. the i don't want to no no but i don't want to rat on the actress patrika who plays her or anything but i think glenda is seen as more of a not as attractive person you know what yeah, i mean so maybe I mean, yeah like so maybe rick isn't as in. rick isn't attracted to her yeah i don't know i guess yeah we're probably getting a bit ahead of ourselves True. but maybe i, I see ava rick. is like i mean i don't think it's officially uh mentioned in the episode no but no maybe he's like maybe she's just his secretary so he can he can talk to women as non-sexual objects as long as they're below him literally mm. but how come you she's know? on the board though a secretary yeah, would have been at the, the board. meeting yeah i don't know she's but just the way he talks table that's true yeah, yeah, but that's just true. the way she talks to him like he turns to her and just goes is that Costanza at the end of the table i don't know it just gave me mm. like an employer employee relationship yeah. rather than a he doesn't see her as a peer yeah more just someone who's below him hierarchically speaking yeah. I don't know. and because maybe he maybe he's willing to talk to women if he doesn't want to fuck them you know, if he wants to fuck them, then he'll be nice to them. Yeah. Well, he won't yeah, be. Yeah, we he see that be... in the scene with Elaine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I think with Ava that maybe he tried advancing on her, but Ava was like, no. And I think, you know, like you, you see, you hear stories or you see things where men might try and advance on a woman and a woman says no, but then the man will have a grudge against them. Yeah. And then he'll like insult them and, you know, kind of like, oh, you didn't want to get with me. I'm just going to treat you like shit. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't seem to have a a bad relationship like that interaction although he's not appropriate with her she doesn't seem sort of disgruntled she can see she's a bit like i think she definitely rejected any physical advances from him i think he would have tried he would have tried i think he's still trying i don't think he would have stopped no Mm. he's probably still going he'd probably just wait six months and then try again and try again yeah (laughs) and he probably thinks that eventually i'm just going to break it down yeah, he, you know, he's just a predator, Yeah, basically. I think so. And he kind of gets his just desserts. And also, um, in one of the last episodes, you know, when he says, oh, he wants to bring George back into the fold, you might think maybe he's redeeming himself. He's like, oh, look, he's a real misogynist asshole. Mm. But he's really, like, redeeming himself. But then he does that speech, speech and he insults George in front of everyone, and George is like, oh, fuck it, drink it. Yeah. Okay. And then the next shot is him, you know, George contemplating what he's good at. Yeah, that's a good smash cut. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, so it is good. good. It's very well done. Um, yeah, definitely a huge, yeah, real disgusting man. Pig Piece of a shit. man. Piece yeah. of shit. And oh, like yeah. the when he says the thing to George about, I'll always be a winner and you'll always, always be a loser. That's why that's I'm, why here I'm and sitting here and you're over there. Yeah. So yeah. he's like... Not just the way that he treats other people, but also the way that he thinks of himself. You know, obviously, he's probably pretty senior in this real estate business. Yeah, and he says things always fall into his lap. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So he's just this really sort of entitled, kind of blown up persona. Just on that a bit, I think a lot of it is like a false bravado. Because a lot of of like really uh, overt and arrogant confidence is usually making up for something. You know, I think he's actually pretty self-loathing. Yeah. Probably doesn't like himself. Yeah, but maybe. he just doesn't yeah. know how to be anything different. Like he's like, yeah. this is the person I am. I fuck. I you know, cover it up. Yeah. Um, I also theorize as well that maybe he at home, I think his wife probably isn't aware of his uh, indiscretions and, yeah. and indiscretions, and I think he yeah. pretends to maybe his family. And, you know, his extended family to be like a, you know, a, a family man who works hard mm. to provide for his family. Yeah. But when he's at work, he is, you know, the real Rick that we see. Mm-hmm. So I think he not so much lives a double life, 
but definitely compartmentalizes his life to show different aspects to different people. Rick the prick. Rick the prick. He's a P-Rick. Rick the dick. <laughs> I reckon he's got a tiny dick as well. Probably, yeah. yeah. Metaphorically and literally. And literally as well. Yep. Yeah, but very well acted, like I said, by Fred. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we only saw him in that one episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's pretty. I mean, even though Elaine's pretty annoying when she confronts him in the bar, like I would be a bit like, "What? Like, go away!" Like, he's, yeah. she's a bit of a pest, but he only like talks to her even like as says soon as she mentions the nudity. nudity. Yeah, as soon as he, as soon as there's a se- sexual aspect to the conversation, that's when he turns mm-hmm. around. He's like, "Really? Yeah, that's yeah. right." And, and then, then he and just then, immediately yeah. switches yeah. from like disinterest, sort of "You're annoying me, leave me alone," to, to overtly. Oh, yeah. And he like his body language changes, his voice tone changes. He sort of like leans around, so it's like mm. that instant thing of like, oh, you've become, you've gone from, you know, just an annoying woman to a sex object, yep. and now I'm invested. And the one that got me was when Elaine says, "I just have a few drinks and let the guy do what he wants," and mm. you see his ears prick up. And he's like, "Oh, yeah." So obviously he's really. You know, perverted. He's really into really perverted shit. Yeah. You know, which I, I can't explain watching, here, but yeah. I liked kind of watching the evolution of Elaine's approach, though. Like she, you know, walks over and she's just a bit sort of like awkward and bumbly. And yeah, then she, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, she sneezes and then she's like, "Thank you." <laughs> and then and then she pulls um, out the big guns. Yeah, you know? yeah. but like because because George would have briefed him on what he's. A brief term on what he's like. Well, know? that's the only reason why Elaine came on board. Yeah, because he's misogynist. Yeah, no, yeah. but Elaine would, wasn't keen. But then when George said... He uh, doesn't recycle. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't recycle. That's what got her over the line. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, yeah, how did you... Jerry asked him, like, how did you How did you, you get... rope Elaine into this? Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> he's like oh, well, I told she... him what a sexist and misogynist he was. And then he, he cheats on his wife. That. Yeah, she already knew that. And then I told her that he doesn't recycle. I love that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It makes sense. It's uh, fun watching the different um I just liked the sort of different approaches that she takes and she sort of tries the more like, you know, silly bumbling idiot kind of thing and then that doesn't yeah. work and then she switches over to the nudity, but she's still very much playing up to that whole like bimbo thing of like, yeah, like I'm not really I don't really I'm don't really have anywhere to live. I just like <laughs> sleep around. Yeah. Just, yeah. I work in my office naked. Yeah, like, all this I'm sort naked of stuff. for two so hours she's a really, day. Like home. playing up yeah. that bimbo stereotype knowing I that it's gonna naked, feed into I, I clean, clean naked. Naked, <laughs> naked, 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 naked. naked. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, Elaine. Um, yeah. I liked Elaine in this yeah. in this episode too. What do you think? Because um, George says that if he slips in the Mickey, he might get a feel a bit woozy or he'll kill, kill, kill over, over. One of the two. Or he'll kill over. What do you think happened? Do you think he actually killed over? Nah. Nah? nah. He just got really sick? Yeah. I mean, he's a pretty big guy. There's a yeah. lot of body to him. True. Um, yeah. He probably just felt a bit nauseous, a bit woozy. But how did he find know. out that uh, he got slipped the Mickey? I don't know. Because Ar- Glenda looked over and you know said something. Or? Glenda strikes me as the kind of person who would be like, "What are you doing? I saw you put him something in his drink." Yeah, like, she's pretty like, what blow, happened. Yeah, she's pretty cover. relentless. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably what happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Glenda told him. Yeah, because George yeah. is not. Even though, even though Rick's a piece of shit, George drugging him is still a pretty horrible thing to oh, do. Yeah, definitely. You know, the, so, yeah. the, the punishment maybe doesn't meet the crime. Mm. But maybe, uh, and uh, but George is not decent enough to own up and be like, oh, no, look, you know. not at all. So, yeah, it would have been a, a But third he could party. have maybe put two and two together with the fact that, you know, like George had like stormed out, quit and stormed out and then mm. tried to come back and then sort of just shown up at this party even though he's been fired, showed up anyway and then – you know, he got sick or whatever. He maybe put two and two together and just thought yep. that it was yeah. George and that he fired him and was like, you know, you're enough trouble. 
get out of here. Yeah, or maybe he just fired him. Like, even if he didn't figure out that George uh, drugged him, maybe the next morning, you know, in the cold light of day, he mm. thought, hang on, did I just rehire George? Why yeah, the fuck why would did, I do that? I maybe do he that? just walked back his decision. Yeah. Because, you know, when Elaine didn't fuck him, maybe he was bitter because yeah. he thought he was yeah. in. And that's the reason why he rehired George because he's like, sweet, I'm going to get laid and I'm lucky yeah, and things are sweet. When that didn't work out, maybe he became a, you know, bit like he, he lost that mood and then he's like oh hang on why did i rehire george piss mm. off yeah, yeah you know yeah that's also possible yeah mm. who knows but yeah piece of shit anyway Definitely. let's talk about a guy who is gruff but not a piece of shit vic, vic. love him uh, yeah i knew you would <laughs> uh, he's played by uh, john capodici uh, he's often cast as a mobster or a gruff cop usually in I makes perfect sense or a, yeah or a working class uh person oh, i just realized who he was yeah he i'm was about to say it in ace ventura he was the sergeant yes <gasps> yes he appeared in uh, as the sergeant in ace ventura pet detective and <laughs> uh, we actually spoke about ace ventura i think in our wait out episode yeah a couple yeah, weeks ago yeah, yeah. A couple weeks ago, yeah. Oh, man <laughs> yeah well aguado first i would establish a motive <laughs> in this case the killer sort of the size of the bug's dick and became insanely jealous <laughs> and then i would lose 30 pounds Park and his wife. <laughs> now, kiss and make up. <laughs> I really like his Ventura. Really? Oh, I, yeah. tell. I know yeah. you do. Yeah. You're actually wearing the tutu that he wore in <laughs> <Yeah>. the episode. <laughs> yeah. The pink tutu. <laughs> the dress. Um, he, John's also appeared in the films Independence Day and Speed. Um, yeah. Now, I liked Vic as well. You know, he I really, liked his character. Yeah, me yep. too. He really stands his ground in the laundromat and he doesn't muck around. I think he runs a really tight ship. I Definitely. Couldn't like many the, shop owners in Seinfeld. I couldn't clock yeah. the logo of his New York cap. Mets. Oh, it is the Mets. Yep. I thought it might be with the colouring, but I couldn't really sort of see it clearly enough. Yep. He's, he's always got a, a cigar a in his mouth too. He's always got the cigar. He's always got the cap. And then yeah. he also wears... I like the way that... Um, not in all the scenes, but I think in one or two of the scenes, he's wearing kind of like a, you know, Miami style, like patterned shirt over the top of his long sleeve. Cabana wear. Yeah, yeah, cabana <laughs> wear. That's a good descriptor. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like the juxtaposition of his sort of like severe no-nonsense gruffness, but then he still has that sort of personal flair of like wearing his Mets cap and wearing the the cabana shirts and mm. stuff as well. He's a... Yeah, he's an interesting he's guy. He's a complicated man. Yeah. On the surface, you think he's just a no-bullshit simple guy, but he's got layers. He's yeah. like an onion. He definitely does. <laughs> a big onion. A big onion. <laughs> nice onion. Yes. Um. He, Um. you know, Jerry and Kramer accuse him of stealing money, but I think he's just an honest dude. Yeah. I, I think, you know, he just, he's above board. Everything's correct. Mm. And I uh, know he wouldn't steal 1500 I think he's, he's quite honest. He wouldn't I steal think, money. Yeah. He's, he might not be friendly or polite or warm. But I don't think he's. Uh, I think he's got pretty tight morals yeah. when it comes to. He doesn't seem dishonest. Yeah, exactly. He seems Definitely. disinterested. Yeah, <laughs> but not yeah. dishonest. I think. I think he's a. He sort of carries that uh, conservative trope of uh, self responsibility yeah. and self sufficiency. It's like you lost the money, you put it in the laundry bag. I'm not. You use my. I didn't steal it. Anything beyond that is your problem. That's right. Piss off. Yeah, and I right. kind of respect that in a certain way. It's just like. Yeah. If, if you're dumb enough to put $1,500 in a laundry bag and then forget about it, <laughs> your problem, buddy, not yeah. mine. I'd rather my yeah. laundry guy be disinterested than dishonest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for and sure. he also makes that remark of like, have you ever heard of a bank? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, why did you have $1,500 yeah. in your You just leave $1,500 laying there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I understand how Jerry feels because you feel so shit when you lose that much money. And $1,500 mm. 
1991 is a lot of money. A lot of money, yeah. He probably yeah. did a couple of gigs. Yeah. Maybe to get that paid money. in cash or something. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Um, or maybe got paid in a check and cashed it. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he usually bounces his checks, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he? I just love his, uh, he, you know, he views his laundromat as like a country. You know, yeah. it, it has its oh, own yeah. like autonomy. He's just like, this here is my country. And I'm, I'm the, president, the president, and, that and sign that's my constitution. Is my constitution. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it. Perfect. It's I think, just nice and simple. Yeah, yeah. no, he is. Yeah. And uh, Stacy brought it up uh, when we were driving over because we were talking about him. When he's looking at Kramer doing something very obviously dodgy, like if if that was me, I'd go, "What the fuck's going on over there?" And go and investigate. You know, just or try what, and stop him. Try and stop him. Like even if you weren't sure what was going on, you'd you'd be curious and walk over. But he just looks over, and he only responds to like the sounds and the falling over and like the the weird situation. But he doesn't intervene. No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't even observes. say anything. He just observes. Yeah. And then he goes on about whatever he's doing, and Jerry's trying to distract him. Yeah. So. You were saying something about him, yes, maybe. Yes, I was. Yeah. Um, so my theory on Vic is that he's a Vietnam veteran. Okay. Um, and that the reason why he's kind of so, you know, gruff and um, I guess, you know, not particularly warm is maybe that, you know, his history and he's a little bit more insular and not really yeah. like warm and open towards new people. Mm-hmm. But the fact yeah. that he's so kind of, you know, unruffled by Kramer coming in and clearly, you know, trying to um, – What's that word when you muck something up? Like um, muck something up. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> um, you know, but he's like so clearly trying to, you know, do the wrong thing, and he just kind of stands there, like he's really like unbothered and unfazed yeah. by it. I it's think like the it way, takes a lot yeah. to yeah. kind of get him hot under the collar. Yeah, I think the way that I saw it was, um, I think he's seen everything. You know, yeah. he's in yeah. New York, a guy putting some weird shit in the washing machine. It's probably nothing to him. He's probably seen guys yeah. doing weird things with the machines, kissing yeah. them or humping them or shitting on them. You know, I'm sure he's seen everything. <laughs> yeah. So he would he's have seen like, some very colourful situations. Absolutely. Yeah. So he's probably like, eh, you know, whatever. 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 Just pay me my money, piss off. <laughs> and it looked like a laundry basket too, you yeah. know, with the concrete. So he probably thought, oh. Mm. And then, you know, from the distance, because, you know, Kramer makes it out to be like it's washing powder. Yeah. So yep. maybe he's like, oh, he put too much washing powder in the machine. Yeah. Mm. And then he tested it and he's like, oh, shit, that's concrete. <laughs> I reckon there would have been a lot of takes because if you watch it, you know, when uh, Kramer, like he initially stumbles backwards and then he gets up and when he first starts to load the washing machine, he pops the lid up, but it bounces back. And in the <laughs> yeah. time that he's like, like, like almost like clothes lining, that like the, the laundry bag into the thing, it bounces back. And it's it just perfect like, timing, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, man, it? that would have just been... Uh, yeah, it either would have taken 53 times to do it or it just would have been a perfectly accidental take and they just thought, this is great. Like, yeah. let's just use that. Yeah. Oh, I just love – yeah, I love the timing. The lid just shuts and then he <laughs> yeah. puts it on. I love it. It's so, almost like cartoonish. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. It's like Wildy Coyote or – but, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. it's definitely Warner Brothers-y. And I love all Looney tunes and I love how, like, Kramer starts to get the concrete in his eyes and he starts to, like, twitch. And he's like <laughs> – <laughs> And, and by the end, he's like standing against the wall, and his face is all white, and he's and he like, "Oh, I didn't realize it was a full box." Well, we we mentioned earlier that it was real concrete. Yeah, that went yeah. in his eyes. Yeah, so, you know, it was probably all real. Obviously, yeah. you don't want you can't have any, you know, moisture and get in contact with it. Yeah. I love that yeah. how he like tries to act casual as well when Vic's looking over. He's like, "Nothing to see here." He's like leaning casually, but very obviously covering up something. Oh man, yeah, I know. yeah, terrific so, scene, definitely. terrific physical comedy. But I just comedy. thought, like, yeah. the kind of person who can stay that like grounded and level-headed in in light of, you know, someone doing something like that and not get not even the slightest inkling of like being aggressive or bothered or anything like that. He's just literally like standing back and watching it all take place and even though it's his business 
and, you know, he should be invested. He's just really unfazed by it all, which makes me think, yeah, that kind of thing of you said of, like, he's seen a lot of things. He's just very much kind of, you know, his own guy. Yeah. Um, And maybe he's, yeah, seen a lot. Or maybe he's, like, a retired policeman or something like that, you know? He's just very unruffled. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing seems to bother him at all. Nothing. Nah. Nothing. And he's no. seen everything. Yep. He's got his sign. He's got his country. He's the president. <laughs> everything else. <laughs> Whatever. That's right. Love him. But yes. it's also like the fact that he sort of says the thing about, you know, I'm the president, blah, 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 this is my constitution. Like it, it sort of speaks to him being, you know, educated or, or learned or, you yeah. know, having some sort of, you know, it's not just like a guy who runs a laundry. He sort of seems like he's got some sort of history that he's, that that pops up into his mind so yeah. quickly. Yeah. To use that as a metaphor. Yeah. As a sign exactly. of intelligence. Yeah. To me, that's what, and that's where I was like, oh, maybe military or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that all makes sense. Yeah. It does. Anything else about Vic? No, that's it. But I reckon let's take one more break and uh, we'll talk about Newman or the uh, first incarnation of him. I mean, you said Stacey had notes on Glenda, right? I did. Yeah. All right, excellent. We'll talk about those two when we come back. This is But I Don't Want to Be a secondary character. Do you think it's effeminate for a man to put clothes in a gentle cycle? <laughs> what about fine fabrics? How do you deal with that kind of temperament? <laughs> what about stonewashing? You ever witnessed one of those? That must be something. What, do they just pummel the jeans with rocks? Okay, welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we are talking about The Revenge, the last episode that we are covering from Season 2. Uh, all right, we've got a couple more secondaries to go through. Uh, let's talk about Newman's first appearance. Yeah, that's right. Unseen. Yes. Unseen. Unseen appearance. Unseen, Unseen appearance. appearance, yes. He appears for the, the first... The ghost of Newman. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Newman. A no, big ghost. A ghost wrapped in a Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he appears for the first time on the show, but off screen, uh, voiced by Larry David in the original run of the episode. But yep. uh, in syndicated versions, he's redubbed by Wayne Knight. And uh, the episode I watched was with Larry, not with Wayne. So uh, yeah, never yeah, seen too. the Wayne. Yeah, never seen Same. the Wayne Knight version. Hmm. Maybe it is just in the states. Like yeah. You said. Maybe, yep. yeah. If you've heard it, let us know or send us a link to uh, to the Wayne Knight version. Yeah, did they change the script or did you just redo the, uh, the same words? Let us know. Yeah, please. <laughs> I'd be really curious. Anyway, um, so Newman, he's obviously in... This is a different incarnation. It, it's like when we did the um, first episode of Seinfeld and we talked about Kessler being a different character to Kramer. Yeah. Like, this is more like proto-Newman, yeah. I guess yeah. you could say. So it's not the actual Newman that we know and love or, you know, loathe, depending on who you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he... Because in this time, I guess mental illness wasn't really as well researched as what it is today. So I guess we can look at it in the context of the 90s, mm. late 80s, early 90s, how mental illness was portrayed. I think if an episode like this came out in 2019, I don't think it would fly. No. Um, very, it'd be very heavy and uh, dark, you know, controversial subject. Yeah, I think the mm. the theme be, of the theme of suicide wouldn't be treated as a comedy. It'd be much harder to work into a sitcom. Yeah, it would be Absolutely. treated. It would be treated with the seriousness it deserves. Yeah, it wouldn't just be like, oh yeah, old crazy Newman down the down the hall trying to kill himself. Yeah, ah, like, they wouldn't make light of it. No, definitely yeah. not. Um, yeah, and I think knowing what we know about mental illness, I, I think he this Newman did have mental problem like illnesses or a mental, mental health illness issues. mental health issues yes thank sorry you. as someone within the sector we don't actually use mental illness we say mental health thank you yeah yeah that's what i mean um and i guess you could you could say from a, a different perspective or from an angle he was probably trying 
to seek attention. Yeah. I mean, I know people, you know, some people think, oh, they're, they're just trying to get attention by doing all this. But obviously it's a cry for help, yeah. you know, for, for lots of people. Well, I think the fact that, like, when Kramer and Jerry are talking about it in the apartment and Kramer's saying, like, oh, you know, I didn't sleep properly. Newman called me at 3 a.m. or whatever. And they're talking about it and Jerry's like, you know, like, what's going on? And he's like, well... You know, he's got no job, no women. And then Jerry kind of makes the the jest remark of like, well, he's talking to the right guy because it's Kramer. Um, but then Kramer goes on to sort of refer to the fact that this is something that Newman has been talking about for years. And, and that's specifically mentioned. So, you know, this is like that sort of issue of like continued and ongoing suicidal ideation in light of his circumstances. You know, someone who struggles with mental health He's not employed. We know, you know, going forward, Newman doesn't have a lot of friendships. Obviously, his identity as a postman further on in the show is a really big thing for him. But this incarnation of Newman is is unemployed. Mm -hmm. So he's got that kind of like chronic, persistent experience of suicidal ideation, but not necessarily with the intent of acting on that. So that sort of speaks to that kind of like, you know, hopelessness or just being really kind of overwhelmed by circumstances and not necessarily knowing having the tools or knowing how to fix things and just feeling you know tight just tired of that circumstance i couldn't have said it any better (laughs) i think that's i can't really add we'll leave it to the most intelligent out of the three of us and the one with the experience professionally qualified and professional yeah Yeah, here we are we're like maybe this happened and then stacy's like no 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 no. No, this this is no 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 we appreciate it i get paid for this (laughs) yeah let me explain (laughs) yeah thank you for that that was yeah thank you yeah it was very clarifying sometimes talking about these things can be I don't know, it can be, you want to express it in an honest way. That's right. And we are only talking about Seinfeld. This is not an in-depth discussion of mental health. But we want to talk about the issues that come up in the show in a a real honest way. So, yeah, thank you for cutting through our very confused noise. Yeah. And and expressing it in a succinct and intelligent and educated way. We appreciate it. And even though we love, sorry, I was going to say, even though we love having you on whenever you come onto the podcast, we're glad. Stop talking so much? No. No, No, we're glad that we have you for this episode and especially for this touchy subject. Seems Yeah. What what were you going to say, sorry, before I cut you off? Um, That's a very good question. (laughs) Sorry. Well, just like, so you were sort of saying, like, obviously Newman – um, when you sort of said the thing about like he's he's seeking out attention or it's a cry for help, right? So like he's obviously using Kramer as his support person, um, the person that he talks to about like what's going on. But, you know, he can – like Kramer's obviously been working through this with him for such a long time that he's lost interest. He's lost investment. He's had the conversation with Newman so many times and he even says to Jerry like, I don't know what to tell him that he has got to live for because this is his circumstances. So, like, Kramer's really kind of identifying with him, like, I don't know what to say anymore because this guy doesn't have a lot of, you know, things going on for him. Is there a bit of, like, boy cried wolf as well? Just, like, you know, people's reach the end of their tether? Like if you know, well, as a support, like if you imagine if you, you know your friend, you were having the conversation with your friend. Let's say you know your friend is unhappy with their job, and every time you talk to their friend, all you talk about is how unhappy they are with their job. But you know they haven't looked for other jobs or whatever. So like it gets to a point where you, as that person in the relationship, just can't invest in that anymore. You've you can't put go so down. much in. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. if they've been like talking about it for years, as mm. Kramer says, he's just reached his like 
period where he's like, I can't, I don't have yeah. anything left to give you. Yeah. And that's when he sort of puts his hands up and starts to say, you know, well, just jump already. Like, what are you, what are you waiting for? Wave at me. <laughs> wave at me, on the, wave way at me down. on the way down. <laughs> Did he wave at you? No. <laughs> jump from the second floor. The second, the second floor is still pretty high. Oh, like it that, is, yeah. That'd hurt. Yeah. You'd do yeah. yourself some damage. You'd probably yeah. break a leg or two, maybe. Yeah. And probably, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't maybe. think it necessarily speaks to Kramer, like, not being a good friend it's just more so that he's also reached his point of like i don't i don't know what to do yeah i'm done yeah yeah and then he sort of you know nearly kind of in a joking way like saying those things to newman and and kind of push pushing him to jump because he doesn't believe that he's gonna do it Mm, yeah yeah um I don't think that that's something that people would say to their friend if they thought that they were serious. No. But because it's been such an ongoing thing, he's no longer taking it seriously. And even Newman himself, you know, that the in one of the final scenes when he's on the roof and he's like, what are you doing later? I'm going to a movie. So Kramer knows that he won't go all the yeah, way. Yeah, so yeah. it's just his process, you yeah. know, and maybe that's his way of like when things get overwhelming and he's feeling really shitty, goes up to the roof and that's his time where he actually kind of, you know, thinks and reviews things you know maybe it's not as it looks yeah yeah cool well yeah like like ivan said (laughs) miles ahead of what we could have uh, articulated absolutely so thank you again and you're clearly more intelligent than us so (laughs) it makes sense yeah (laughs) so yeah thanks stacy those really uh really good words you're welcome i'm I'm happy to uh femsplain suicide for (laughs) you just explain just (laughs) just yeah from one human to two other Humans, you know. Subhumans. Subhumans. Together we make one human. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on to less serious topics and talk about Glenda. Glenda, Glenda yeah. So Glenda she was, with the wig hair. That's right. Uh, you, uh, she was played by, I was going to say, played by Patrika Darbo, like yep. I mentioned before. I didn't get her acting credits, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, Glenda, yes. What do you think her? she's actually wearing a wig? She's no. Pre- okay. Do you think she's just worried that George will just do something to embarrass her no, and she's just escaping right, the situation? Like, so the, the, the plot says that she's wearing a wig, but I don't think her hair in the show is a wig. Oh, no, no, no. I'm no, saying no. her character. See, in I terms of the plot, I think she's wearing a wig. She yeah. has to be. Yeah. Because okay. otherwise, why would she disappear and walk off when George says, I'm going to take your wig off? See, I, I, read it that in t- I read into that as, well, he's obviously committed to taking my wig off. Even if I stand my ground and insist that I'm not wearing a he's wig. He's still going to fuck up the he's still He's still going to do something weird and crazy no, so actually, I'm just going to yeah, remove yeah. myself from the situation yeah. so that I don't get embarrassed I actually thought she was wearing a wig okay. I thought that's what it was yeah. yeah, I think maybe you know he was walking out of the bathroom and he saw Glinda like adjust her hair you know or maybe do something maybe and- she didn't fit it right one morning and there was a bit of her Mm. whatever's under her wig showing or something. And Maybe. Like, oh, I'll keep that in mind if That's I ever right. need to mm. get some leverage over that. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the way he just works it in so casually. Yeah. Like he tries and she's like, what are you going to sit here for? There's plenty of other seats around. <laughs> and he just gives up and walks away. And then he's obviously like come up with the idea. Racking and then his brain. Like slides back over and is like, I'm going to rip your wig off. Yeah, because if Glenda didn't have a wig, Glenda would have just turned around and said, what wig, you idiot? Yeah. You know? uh, count, so, count to 100 if you want, mate. So I'm not going to do anything. Like you know? loud and yeah. outspoken and kind of like, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I think she would have shut him down oh, if absolutely. she wasn't actually a wig wearer. Yeah, she'd True. say count to 300, mate. I don't care. Yep. <laughs> I'll True. stay here as long as I want. Yeah, actually, so, yeah. she could probably beat the shit out of George, even if George attempted yeah. to uh, to touch her hair. I reckon she would have kicked his ass. She reminded me of, do you remember the Drew Carey show? 
and it's Mimi. Drew Ke- Mimi, Drew Mimi. Carey's um, colleague. So, she, so the this clown is face, the clown face colleague. I, I never yeah. watched the show much. Oh, okay. I'm aware of it, but I never, oh. I don't know much about. But it. But Mimi was like a loud mouth, yeah. portly yeah. woman who always used to bag, you know, her colleague. So right. in this case, Drew Carey. Um, but I guess Glinda was kind of like that yeah, to George as well. That's the same kind of dynamic, right, you know. Like yeah. Mimi's like, even though she doesn't take, I can't remember the name of the the British boss guy yeah yeah me either but um you know she's really gruff and like antagonistic towards drew and even though she makes kind of like snide comments towards their boss she also is quite saccharine and like plays up to him mm, yes and i can see glenda doing the same thing and that's i can kind see of so what too. i was saying before as to like how glenda fits in because she's not she's not attractive and she's loud and she's just really like Prah. so she obviously and I don't think <laughs> Rick <laughs> and I don't think Rick would have made the advances. No, but know. like she obviously has some utility that he, that she's still there. So she's obviously able to like play up his, to his ego mm, and stroke yeah. his ego in okay. a way that she's made a place for herself even though she's not a sexual conquest and she's a bit bruff. Yeah. Brush. Bruff. Bruff. <laughs> she's bruff. Bruff. Brush. <laughs> Mash. Um, she's loud. Like, she's loud and she's obnoxious. Yeah, <laughs> like, she sure is. I thought you were fired. <laughs> yeah, she reminded me of Estelle as well. Yeah. yeah. She and she's also a bit inappropriate. Like, she just kind of blurts the first thing that comes she's to her mind out of her mouth. Or, no. Or like so of- she has to have some utility in the business. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. But I reckon she sticks it to Rick in terms of, you know, Rick might say something and then she might fire back. Maybe. You know? Maybe, maybe he appreciates maybe, maybe that. Maybe he respects that. Yeah. You know, she's got what he sees as more of like a masculine energy. Mm. Like, oh, she can she can play at our level because she, yeah. like, she's not just Because she's loud and, yeah. and obnoxious. You know, yeah, she doesn't. She sticks up for herself and he respects that. Yeah. yeah. And um, Steve, you mentioned before that um, Rick is self-loathing. Mm. I think Glenda's comments and the way she delivers them probably... It cracks him to the core. Yeah. I think it really resonates deep within him. Yep. So he's, she's one of the only people who can really rock him to the core. Yeah. And I think she respects he respects her for her that. For it. Yeah. Yep. She's yeah. like, she can actually keep me in line if I go too far with her. So I'll leave Glenda alone. Yeah. 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 I think it's what it is. Go Glenda. Go Glenda. I like it's like I dislike her because she's annoying, but I also really <laughs> like her. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> Great character. What are you gonna sit here for? There's plenty of other seats. Just like what? What? She's just so. She's. She actually kind of. I got a bit of a like. You know, social inappropriateness, like kind of autismy spectrumy kind of vibe <laughs> off her as well. Because right. she just kind of goes. Bleh! Like yeah, the first thing that comes into her mind. There's no filter. No, no. filter. No. Yeah. no filter. Maybe and maybe it's just because she's just doesn't care. But yeah, yeah I found her kind of odd and mm. endearing. Yeah, and yeah. we see the actress again in the sniffing accountant uh, because George interacts with her. I assume it's not Glenda. Yep. Um. So yeah, but I think she's from memory. She's also pretty brash at the mailbox as well. Or she really talks George down. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again. But Mm. uh, we haven't done that one in ages. Can't remember. Yeah. Anyway. That's it for uh, the secondary characters for this week's episode, The Revenge. Our final season two episode. Yep. So season two is now wrapped up. Yep. So it's only going to be season three and uh, any episodes after that from now on. That's right. Yes. Uh, All right. Where does this episode... We'll start with you, Stace. Even though you don't have an official list because you're not on every uh, episode of the podcast, where Mm. would you rank this episode, generally speaking? Mid to low range. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's yep. not a fave. Um, it's, you know, I was kind of, we were talking about it on the way over here, but I was sort of saying how um, the, you know, jo- we sort of get the first C 
the first feel of George as his character develops and the brand that he will come on to hold within the show. Um, we also obviously see Newman for the first time. Um, Elaine is, you know, the fact that she kind of goes in on this kind of bizarre scheme. Like I feel like Elaine would have shot – Elaine in the further seasons would have shot down – the whole working with George and slipping the Mickey to a guy, even though he's sexist and he doesn't recycle, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that she would do later on. So it's an I think interesting... she would just scoff at George and go, "What a exactly. dumb, what a dumb plan!" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I don't think she would like. I don't think she would go along with George on it in her later incarna- incarnations. So I like the fact that we're seeing like the development of the branding and the, and the characters um, that will come on into the show. So for that, it's cool to sort of start to see those things coming together. And it's like you know the first couple of seasons, they're sort of finding their their way as to what things are going to play out as so I liked it in that sense um but as an episode standalone it's not you know Mm. it's not super special as far Mm. as Simon Feld goes fair enough I actually enjoyed the episode a lot more than I thought uh number 33 out of 97 episodes we've done yeah I really liked the episode it was probably one of the best season two episodes in my opinion and uh, yeah I thought Rick Despite being an absolute prick, like you mentioned before, Rick the prick, I call him. Yeah, uh, I think it was really well portrayed. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think yeah, I I loved how it was just the first, like you mentioned, Matt George. Yeah. Also for Kramer, you know, we see what he'll become yeah. in later yeah, seasons as well. And yeah, it's definitely laid the foundations yeah. for at least two of the main core four characters. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. it has a lot. a lot of value in that sense. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. What about you, Steve? Uh, number nine. 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 Oh, I love this episode. Wow. Yep. You do like uh, you do have a penchant for the uh, older episodes. Yeah, I think because they're just a bit more simple and straightforward. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Really well written too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, great episode. Love Fantastic. It. It's in your top ten. Yep. Excellent. I don't have my top ten episodes in front of me, but I do. There is a link in the show notes if you want to uh, see what they are. Sure. Uh, any of the secondary characters make your top twenty, Ivan? Rick almost made my top twenty. Okay. If if I had like a top thirty list, he'd probably be number twenty three. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So but honorable yeah. mention. A very honorable thing. mention. Yeah, for yep. Rick. Yeah. Fair you? Any of the characters stand out for you, Stacey? Again, mm. even though you don't have an official list, any of them would they make a top twenty or top list if you if no. there was? Okay. Nothing. No. Okay. Uh, you can probably guess. Maybe Vic- Glenda. Okay, Glenda is but pretty in cool. In her like dislike. Yeah. 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 Uh, Vic for me is number eight. My oh, top 10. I number love Vic. eight. Yes. <laughs> he embodies You're everything such, I love. You've got such a type. <laughs> I do. I'll read my top 10 and you'll see my type. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, number one, oh, 10 to 1 is Rub from the statue, uh, Joe from the mango, uh, Vic from the revenge from this episode. Which are pretty much nearly the same characters, really. Yeah, oh, Rub is a bit more like insane. <laughs> no, 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 Joe. Oh, Joe, Joe, and, Joe and Vic. Joe and yeah. Vic are nearly the same character. Yeah, almost, yeah. yeah. Band, yeah. band from the store. Band from the store. <laughs> uh, Susan Ross, uh, Sue Mishki, Celia from the Merv Griffin Show, the record store owner, which is basically Joe and Vic. <laughs> yep. again. Yeah, that's right. Just disgruntled business owners. <laughs> yeah, small business don't put owners. up with any shit from anyone. <laughs> that's right. Or Kramer. They all fucking, they're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kramer's just pushed them to the edge and they're like, yeah, yeah, fuck nope. this and fuck you. That's right. Uh, Jane from the Hamptons is number three. The Street Tufts, Bob and Cedric are number two. And Elton Bennis, the ultimate curmudgeonly old dude, uh, is number one from the jacket. Yeah. Nice. They're all um, agitators. Yeah. Yeah, they all are. And agitated. Yeah, yeah. Just, agitated just... agitators. <laughs> they are. Well, I might yeah. as well read my top ten. Yeah. Uh, mine's a bit more diverse. Mm. Uh, my... <laughs> <laughs> you basic bitch. Yeah. basic bitch. <laughs> mine's just all old white men. 
Yeah, that's oh. right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Typical. Uh, number 10 is Aaron the Close Talker. Uh, number 9 is Newman. Number 8 from the Marine Biologist is Corinne. Uh, number 7 from a few weeks ago is Milos from the Comeback. Uh, number 6 is Bookman from the Library. Number 5 is Susan. 4 is the Soup Nazi, Yev Kasim. Uh, number 3 is Uncle Leo. 2 is Frank Costanza. And 1 is George Steinbrenner. Nice. Yeah. I did also have a little bit of a moment when I was um, doing the notes that Glenda could have been, even though she's very briefly in the show, um, she could have nearly made it into the talkers. Remember when I did What's the Deal? We did What's the Deal the with talkers, the talkers? The talkers, that's right. And, and that's, the that's close why Aaron's talker, in my the top low 10. talker, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the high talker. That's right. She could have been yeah. the loud talker. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. She could have been, yeah. Could yeah. have been. Because yeah. she only yells. She only seems to talk. Yeah, at she only has like one volume. That's yeah. it. Yeah, if she was in this episode or in. Uh, yeah, in this episode a bit more, mm. or in a couple of different episodes. Yeah, she would have she qualified as a talker, yep. for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Anyway, so that was The Revenge, like I said. Yeah. Season two is all wrapped up for the secondary characters, so they've all been discovered. So go back and listen to our previous episodes if you want to go through them. Uh, they're all in random order. So, uh, yeah, we've had listeners tell us that they're listening to uh, Bid Will Bass through seasons. So they're starting with season one and then season two and then three. As, as we the go show along. as as we flies. do that's right yeah, yeah. that's right so. that must be really frustrating because there's so many gaps be. and they have to keep coming back you know it's like they've just finished oh they've done all the season three episodes and then the next week we do a season three and they're gonna oh, yeah. yeah each to their own though each to their own you listen however you however want however you like to enjoy us just enjoy us and you can listen wherever you can we are on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher all those ones uh email us if you want details are in the show notes we're on social media and uh if you want to donate to the show and make it better uh, Patreon or PayPal. Uh, the details. Do are in you there. guarantee that a donation would make the show better? I hope. Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah. a semi guarantee. Yeah, it'll. Uh, it it's a human fund. Money for people. <laughs> <laughs> Money for people. Donate to the human fund. That's Money it. for people. Money for people. That's, That's right. right. It's yeah. a vague charity with no yeah. specific agenda. No. Just give us money, motherfuckers. Just give us money. No. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, no, it does. Um... A mic stand would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm holding my mic this week. No, no, but seriously, it really helps, and we do really appreciate, um, you know, any the money support. that we given. The support as well, and just the fact that, you know, we've recently upgraded our equipment. Thanks to you know a bit of Patreon money as well. So uh, yeah, we got thank you. Yeah, so thank, thank you. That you. Thank you. <laughs> no yeah. one ever says thank you anymore. That's right. <laughs> I really genuinely mean it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So you know, just things like that. Yeah. And also, just you know, we got ongoing costs as well, and uh, you know that really helps a lot. So uh, thanks very much. Indeed, it does. Until next week, I am Stephen. I am Ivan. And I am Stacey. And thanks again for joining us, Stacey. We really appreciate it. Two My weeks pleasure. in a row. Yeah, thank it you very much. It won't be uh, so long until the next time you're on. So Yeah. yeah. yeah a bit more often now that for I have sure. my own microphone. I feel valued and wanted. <laughs> you're a person now. Hey. You're a person. That's a very smart person compared to us. Give That's me right. money for the human fund. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, all PayPal donations just go to Stacey. What, <laughs> what episode are we doing next week? Next week we're doing Season seven's The Postponement. Mm. I think it's the second episode of Season 7 okay. I saw. I can't we, even remember the episode. By the title, that's okay. Well, we'll it's a season seven one, and it relates to Susan and George. I guess they postpone the wedding. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 That's I right. remember it now. Yeah, so we'll be doing that one next week. Thanks again, and uh, we'll catch you then. Bye. Bye.